plenty of parking out there, so you didn't have to fight for a spot. And there's uh, coffee left over. Sometimes we're running out of coffee at the end of the morning, but you got plenty of coffee, so grab yourself a cup as you leave. We're starting a new series today, and uh, it's one I'm pretty excited about, uh, and it's called Pity the Fool. Now, I know a lot of you know exactly where that comes from, and I was going to show a little video clip of Mr. T saying it, and I thought about it and debated back and forth and decided against it, but if you, it, you can find one online if you want to, and it's just so satisfying hearing Mr. T. Now, some of you are like, Mr. T, what, what is this, some kid show? No, the A-team back in the day, it's just the greatest thing, but I, I didn't show that clip, but just in the back of your mind, I see some people doing impressions of it right now anyway. Um, but, but just that's where it comes from. But we're actually going to be looking at the Proverbs and talking about the, the Proverbs talk about like the foolishness and wisdom. Um, and, and I want to look at this first verse kind of to start us off. It's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 35. It's very simple, very straightforward. It's not difficult to, to understand. It just says this, the wise inherit honor and the fool gets only shame. And, and it's pretty simple. Like if we were to sit down and talk about like, hey, so do, hey kids, do you want to be wise? Do you want to be foolish? We'd all be like, well, of course, we want to be wise. I mean, that doesn't seem like a, a great choice there, like wise or foolish. Pretty straightforward. We could be done with the sermon right now. We could be done with the series right now. Let's all go be wise, everybody. Good job. Rah, rah, rah. Let's get out of here. But it's not that simple. And, uh, and here's why. Here's why it's not that simple. It's because despite the fact that it's pretty clear what we want out of life, the choices we want to make, the kind of person we want to be, we tend to choose the wrong thing. And we've talked about this before in church. We just tend to choose things that aren't the best. We don't have our own best interests in mind. So let me just real briefly talk about what we're talking about when we talk about like wisdom and foolishness. And we're going to define wisdom. And I think the, the, the definition of wisdom is maybe a little different than, uh, than what we've thought or what we've worked with. It certainly is for me. But I want to just describe like maybe a person. And I want, if you have a person in mind, I want you to kind of think about this person. When I say wise person, I want you to think about this. And maybe this is a grandfather. Maybe this is a, you know, a, a friend that you know really well that, that you call every once in a while when you're just struggling with something. But think about a wise person. And they're the type of person that you can take like a difficult, complex, personal dilemma to. And just with a few questions, they don't give you the answer, but with a few questions, they kind of just lead you down the path, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's clear what I should do. It's clear what I should think. It's clear how I should respond to this situation. It doesn't have to be like uh, anything, you know, it's not anything amazing. It's just these few little questions where they just see this different perspective on the situation that you're dealing with. Um, A wise person, it feels like nothing stresses them out. It just feels like they're kind of always above it, right? They're just always, the, the, the anxiety that we feel like we deal with, they're just always kind of just, just floating above all that. Um, they always have the right perspective when you're talking to them. Sometimes you feel like you should pull out a notebook and take notes because everything they say seems so good and you know you're going to need it at some point in your life. It's just, uh, just a wise person. Maybe even they're the type of person that can pull you aside and give you some like difficult feedback, some criticism, and not only at the end of that do you like feel like you should thank them for it, you feel better about yourself. They're so good at like, like just kind of delving into the, the difficulties of your life and your personality. It's just, they're good at this. That's, that we would describe that person as a wise person. It's pretty, we like it. We like it when we see it. We want to be that type of person. Um, but we, and maybe we can even think of a type of person that, that, that fits that bill. But I think we see a lot more of the foolish person. Because foolish people make headlines. 
There's never been a headline that says uh, Grandpa gives his grandson great advice before he makes a terrible life decision. There, but there are headlines about what foolish people do. These are real, recent headlines. This is not like I didn't have to dive back in the annals of, of history to find just to cherry pick a few things. This is just like in the last month. Woman dials 911 because there isn't enough cheese on her pizza. It feels like a foolish thing to do, right? Dial 911. The article goes on to talk about some of the things people have dialed 911. Go back, if you would, just real quick. Dialed 911 for, and they're just ridiculous things. Just ridiculous things. Now, maybe she thought she was being ripped off, like, the store is cheating me. They're stealing money from me because I paid for cheese, and I don't have as much cheese as I need. But that feels foolish, right? And that makes, makes headlines. The next one is, uh, is parents arrested after running out, of re- running out on restaurant bill, but they left their child behind. Now, now you read the article and you might think, well, maybe it was just a little baby in a carrier that forgot to grab the baby and they got out and they're like, oh no, the baby, how do we go back in? It was a 10-year-old. And I, you would think the 10-year-old could run out after the parents. Like, if I was 10 and I saw my parents booking it out of a restaurant, I would probably run too. I would think something was up, but they left their 10-year-old, and I guess the police came, and so can you identify your parents? Yes, the parents got arrested. Of course, the kid got taken away. But it's fool- it seems foolish, right? It seems foolish on, on, on multiple levels. This one is my favorite. Florida man arrested for allegedly tossing alligator into Wendy's drive through window. Now, this is, this is off topic a little bit, but pretty much every crazy, nutso thing that happens, and it is not any knock on Floridians, but it is always Florida, right? When you read an article, it's always like a Florida resident, and you're like, it's always Florida. Now, we have some Floridians in the room, and, and they're the shining exception of all of these things. But it feels like it's always Florida. Of course, if there's an alligator involved, it has to be Florida, right? I mean, there are how many different places? But I, I love this. Now, it says he allegedly, it turns out, you know, there's some footage, and you can kind of see the, the alligator there on the bottom. Um, but he was charged, this is true, he was charged with assault with a deadly weapon which I guess fits if it's, a, if it's an alligator. That's, that's, we might describe these people as foolish. This is, this is foolish, right? And there's, there's just hundreds of headlines of people being foolish. I mean, it seems like foolishness is way more common than wisdom, even though everybody wants to be wise. Everybody wants to be that grandfather that, that everyone comes to for advice. Everybody wants to be that you know, person just with that sage sort of wisdom. Everybody wants that, but there is way more foolishness in the world. And frankly, if we were to kind of like... To to parse out our lives a little bit, there are times where we have this wisdom, but then we can also point to some times where we could have probably made headlines too, where we would have been that person that you would just you just have to describe as as foolish, and it's it's much broader than just these these headlines or just good advice. There's so much more to this, but I think that we 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 would describe or we would understand that there's just so much more of this sometimes even in our own lives than we'd like to admit. We're going to talk a little bit about this as we go through this series, about what wisdom looks like and and how we get it and how it applies in different areas in our lives. Uh, Next week, Jordan is going to talk about like wisdom when it comes to the things we say, unless I'm forgetting which order we went in, but the the wisdom of our words. And you can all think of situations where you said things and you're like, oof, I wish I had to bring those words right back. I want to be wise. I don't want to be a headline. And yet somehow it's it's just not that simple. It's just not as simple as saying, ah, fools inherit, or wiz, why, the, wiz, the wise inherits honor. I said whiz in church. The wise inherits honor, and the fool gets only shame. Uh, it, it seems like it should be simple, but it's not. 
Smartphones have uh, changed so much about our lives, uh, I, not the least of which is the way we drive places. I, I use my, my phone all the time for, for the GPS. It's one of the, the best features about it. And um, so I, I, you know, you don't have to ask for directions anymore. You don't have to ask somebody to give you, like, you know, turn at the big tree, and when you've come to the Walmart, you've gone too far. You don't have to do any of that anymore. You just have to get the address, and your phone will kind of magically take you there. And so you don't have to know east, west, north, south. You don't have to know those anymore. So for those of you that that was a struggle, smartphones are great because you just don't have to know those things anymore. You just follow the phone and go exactly where it tells you to go. Now, occasionally, rarely, the phone will, like, misguide you or a road's under construction or a building is burned down or whatever. Occasionally, but for the most part, these things are amazing. They get you right where you want to go. And, in fact, they'll even show you a picture of where you're supposed to be. So when you get to that destination, there's a picture of your destination. I, I don't do this very often, but I Googled my home address, and I was like, oh, there's a picture of my house, right? Uh, like, my house. In fact, my garage door is wide open. Like, you can see right inside the garage door, and it's kind of a mess. So if anybody Googles my, uh, my address, you can see right inside our garage. And just as a little experiment, I decided to Google a few other addresses of people in the church. No joke, about 75% of you have your garage doors open when, uh, when I looked at the, the picture there. I was looking for somebody. I just wanted to see somebody out in their yard or something like that, and I never found that. But the, it's, it's pretty amazing. Now, when I drive somewhere, my primary value in driving is speed and efficiency. This may not be true for everyone. It's certainly not true for the people ahead of me on the road. But for me, that's my primary value. I want to get there as quickly as possible in the most direct manner as possible. That's what I want. And so when I use my phone to make that happen, that's what I'm looking for. But my phone offers these alternatives. I want to show you. So I I took a couple screenshots here. So here's a a screenshot of how you get from this church building to Chick-fil-A in Lakeville. Uh, Chick-fil-A is awesome, but I figured it was closed on Sunday, so I'd make everybody want Chick-fil-A and then tell you you can't go. So there you go. So this is how you get from our uh, church building to Chick-fil-A down in, in Lakeville, down in the Burnsville area. Pretty direct route. That's the fastest, most direct route. Takes about 30 minutes. It's about 25 miles. Now, Google will offer these alternatives. Go to the next slide if you want. If you want to go through Hastings for whatever reason, Hastings is a beautiful little town, you can make your trip take 41 minutes and more miles. You can make your trip be less direct and slower if you choose to do that. Now, Google offers me these, and I'm like, why do you even give me that option? That's not what I want. I'm never going to go further out of my way to get to where I want to go. If you really want to mess your trip up, you can go up north. It's 41 minutes, and it's 34 miles, and you'll hit construction. And Google gives you these options that are like worse options. Like, here's your plans, Patrick. Here's where you want to go. But here's an alternative that will take you longer to get where you want to go and be less efficient. Do you want to take that route? No. Now, even when you use your GPS, as you're driving along, it will offer you alternatives to your route. And it will say, you can turn left here, and this route is eight minutes slower. Do you want to turn left? No, I do not. I don't want to go slower than I am going. And I'm sure there are reasons why they offer. There's smart people at Google. I'm sure this makes sense. But why would I ever want to choose something that is less efficient, that is slower, that is less direct? Why would I ever want that? I would never choose that. But yet, in life, I do this all the time. 
There's this direct route to what I want out of life, the things that I'm looking for, the things that I believe God wants for me, and yet I'll choose this circuitous route that takes me somewhere I don't really want to go, that isn't as direct, that isn't as good for me. I'll do this all the time in life. Why do we do that? It's because we've got foolishness in here. Proverbs describes the upside of wisdom like this. He says this in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 13 through 18. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. He says, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. Blessed means happy. Happy are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. Sounds good. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire compares with her or can compare with her. Long life, life, like staying alive longer, not like special creams or special diets or special anything. Long life is in her right hand, wisdom's right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. It jumps down to say, my son, do not let wisdom uh, and understanding out of your sight. Keep an eye on them. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life to you, an ornament to grace your neck. And listen to this, verse 23. Then you will go on your way in safety. That sounds good. I like that. Your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. And this is the best part. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. If for no other reason, get a good night's rest. Because we're living a life of wisdom. That's this direct path. That's what I want. These are the things that most of us, aside from our friends and family coming to know Jesus, these are the things that we want out of life. This is what we want out of life. We want to be able to sleep well at night. We don't want to have to toss and turn with anxiety. We want a good, safe life. This is what we want out of life. And, and, and the Bible is telling us, here's the most direct route. Here's how you get there. And yet we're continuing to choose these alternatives that take us places. They don't even get us there. They take us places we don't even want to go. Proverbs goes on to describe foolishness with words like ruin and calamity and disaster and poverty and death and shame. So here's wisdom over here. Safety, ease, blessings, life, peace, health, no fear. Sounds good, right? And here's foolishness, ruin, calamity, disaster, poverty, death, shame. All right, so which direction should we go? Should I go over toward uh, foolishness and do this bad thing? Oh, it doesn't show up on the screen as well there, does it? If you guys can zoom that in a little bit, that would help. But should I choose this thing over here that isn't as good for me? Should I choose that? No. Should I choose wisdom? Yes. Why don't we choose what is good for us? Why don't we do that? Why don't we make the right choice? Um, this isn't, this isn't really a trick question. I think this comes from the fact that we struggle with knowing exactly what wisdom is. I think we struggle with knowing exactly what wisdom is. And I, I want to tell you a little bit about what wisdom is not, just real briefly. <clears throat> wisdom is not a natural result of age, experience, or education. Wisdom is not a natural result of age, experience, or education. If you'd ask me when I was younger, I would just assume I'm going to be wise when I get older. And now I'm older... And I don't know that I'm more wise. If you'd asked me when I was younger, I would just assume that people who have been through a lot are just naturally going to be wiser. But it's not true. People can go through a lot and learn zero lessons from it. If you'd asked me when I was younger um, if, if just, you know, learning more that would, would naturally result in wisdom, I would say, yeah, absolutely. People who are smarter, who are more well-educated, they're wiser people. 
No, it's not true, because I run into some PhDs who are pretty foolish. It's, not, it's just not the way it works. We're not, we're not naturally gifted with wisdom. It's not something that comes naturally to us. Uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 22, verse 15 says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. That's what we're naturally gifted with, foolishness. Um, my nephew, he was six years old at the time, and he had never been to a water park. And so I thought, man, I'll take this kid to a water park. It'll be this great experience. You like being the uncle that gets to introduce your nieces and nephews to cool things, right? Because it gives you some like cool cachet as, a, as that cool uncle. So I took him to a water park, and you know he's walking in. We went to the water park of America. He's walking in. He's looking around. And he's just like, wow, this, you can tell the look on his face. This is amazing. And I'm like, hey, buddy, uh, you know how to swim, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, I know how to swim. Okay, great. And he proceeded to walk about 20 feet and fall in the pool and start flailing around. And I was like, I don't, I don't think he knows how to swim. So I had to jump in and get him out. And I was like, I, I, we don't call that swimming, buddy. That's called drowning. That's, that's what you were doing there. That's not swimming. And he, you said you knew how to swim. And he's, well, I know how to swim. And I, I'm starting to be suspicious that he doesn't know how to swim. So I'm like, okay, let's take you to the, the, the wave pool. It's got a zero entry. You know, you just walk right in. You can wade around a little bit. Let's walk over there. So I take him over there, let go of his hand, and he proceeds to walk right in over his head and start flailing again. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Your parents are going to be very upset at me if you die today. What are you trying to do to me? Like, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Kids just, they, they don't know better right? And that's why God gave them parents to try to help them see, like, when the water's over your head, you can't breathe, that, you know, asphyxiate, you don't want that. Let's, let's, let's stay where you can, let's teach you how to swim. And this is why I heard uh, a quote this week from a parent, somebody was talking about their parenting technique, and they were saying something like, you know what, we just don't want to instill any, you know, like, you know, traditional cultural values in our kid, we just want to give them space and kind of let them develop and see the, the direction they take in life. And I'm like, your kid's going to die. Because the direction they take in life is foolishness, and it's, you're going to kill them. That's why God gave your kid you, so they would kill themselves. That's like 90% of a parent's job, trying to save their kid from the road, or trying to save their kid from walking in front of a swing when some bigger kid is on it. I mean, that's most of what parents do. That's what we do, right? Trying to save them from rolling off the bed at night. Trying to, I mean, it's just kids are, kids are, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. I know that sounds harsh, but it's just, just the way it is. We're not born with a genetic predispos- predisposition to wisdom. It isn't guaranteed with age, experience, or education. I, I wish it did, but, I mean, we've all seen people go through what should be life-changing events, and they were completely unfazed. They learned nothing from it. And, and the Bible says, it's kind of a gross verse, but Proverbs 26, verse 11 says this. It says, as a dog returns to its vomit, ugh, don't dwell on that too long. So fools repeat their folly. Because foolishness isn't about having gone through an experience. Oh, that didn't work out. I'm never doing that again. No, people do make the same mistakes again and again and again. Because foolishness isn't just about experience. And foolishness certainly isn't just about education. Now, those things can be helpful if a person is not foolish. But they're not just about those things. They're not guaranteed. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 10 says, A rebuke impresses a discerning person, a wise person. More than a hundred lashes to a fool. You can, you can try to beat education into somebody who's foolish, and they're never going to get it. They're never going to learn. According to Scripture, there's only one difference between the foolish person 
and the wise person, between the wise grandparent and the headline, between the, the happiness, the peace, the safety, the, the sleep well at night, and the disaster, calamity, ruin. There's only one difference according to the Bible, and it doesn't have anything to do with age, experience, or education. It has to do with how we respond to God as he shapes and molds our lives. That is the difference. I know it's not that exciting, really. But that is the single difference between wisdom and foolishness. When God, through whatever means he uses, tries to mold and shape our lives, how we respond is the single difference. How we respond is the single difference between wisdom and foolishness. It's whether or not we are being defiant or pliable. Whether or not we are being open and receptive or, nope, I got this. Whether or not we are humble or arrogant, that's the difference. Proverbs chapter uh, 1, you can skip ahead to this if you want. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 says this, and this is the thesis statement of this book. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And I know we, have, we never do this. When somebody comes along and tries to give us feedback, we always are open and humble and, oh, thank you so much for pointing out my weaknesses and my flaws. We, we just appreciate that so much. We're never, we, we never despise wisdom and instruction. But that's it. It's not, it's not age. It's not experience. It's not education. It's how we respond to how God is shaping our lives. That's it. That's the single thing between wisdom and foolishness. Now, this isn't something we actually res- we expect to see in people. I, uh, I was in a coffee shop the other day, and a gentleman had just ordered, and he was walking away from the counter when another gentleman came in and got in his face. And, you know, when I, I, I love working at coffee shops. I love studying. I put my headphones on, and, and I work, but there's this kind of like buzz kind of. There's activity. I can't take it if it's just too quiet. And so I see this guy come in, and he gets right in his face. And he says, the least you could have done is apologize. And I'm like, ooh, uh, I'm interested now. What is going on? Do these guys know each other? What is the story here? Now, the guy who had just ordered coffee was very confused. He turned around and had no idea who this guy was, and he... Very, had no, just no way to respond. Like, what do you do if somebody walks up to you? The least you could have done is apologize. You're like, you got to give me a little bit more context here because I do not understand what you're talking about. And the, the angry man came and said, I saw what you did. The least you could have done is apologize. He's very upset. And the guy had ordered coffee. He ordered coffee. He's just obviously no idea. No clue what's going on, and I'm totally into this. I'm sitting at my chair. You, uh, if you really want to eavesdrop, I've told you this before. The key is to keep your headphones in so they don't know you're listening, but you turn the volume all the way down. That's the, that's the trick. So I am totally like, what is going on? What is happening here? And obviously the, the or, guy ordering coffee didn't know, and the other guy said, you got out of your car, and you hit my car with your car door. I saw you. The least you could do is apologize. Now, the guy that had ordered coffee obviously didn't know he had hit somebody's car door, but what he did, I thought, was pretty amazing. He was like, oh, well, I'm so sorry. Let me get my insurance card, and let's get this taken care of. However, the other guy had anger momentum. So it's almost like he didn't acknowledge that the other guy had responded properly to the situation, and he was still angry, and he didn't know what to do with all that anger inertia. And so with the other guy like saying, oh, yeah, let's get this taken care of, whatever it takes, you know, whatever we need to do. The other guy was like, well, you know, and he, was kinda, he lost his words because he didn't know exactly how to respond because this guy had responded so well. 
And this guy said, no, 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 it's fine. I'll take care of it. If I did something, I'll, I'll totally take care of it. Let's go out and look at the damage. I started suspecting maybe there wasn't that much damage. Maybe it hadn't really done anything. Maybe it had just wiped a little dust off the car door. You know how you've done that. Have you ever accidentally, especially if you have kids, they like fly out of the door next to this BMW and you're like, oh boy. And you go over there and you're like rubbing the paint to see if, like, is this going to work? Has anybody else ever done that? Uh, oh, just me. Okay, well, was. I don't do that either. I always find the owner and make the proper uh, whatever we need to do. But I, I, it was so interesting because this guy had created this scene in this coffee shop. And by the end of the scene, the, the, the person who had opened his car door into the other man's car was the one that looked kind of like the good guy. He looked like the hero because of how he had responded to the situation. And everybody else was looking at this guy who was angry and upset saying, dude, you need like relax. You need to calm down. And what I thought was amazing about his response was just the, the instinct of humility. The instinct not to, to get angry or defensive or say, get out of my face or what's wrong with you? Don't yell at me. This reflex of humility that just immediately responded with, oh, okay, well, let's get this taken care of. And that is something we don't see all the time. That is something we don't practice all this time. But this, this, instead of pride, instead of uh, frustration, instead of getting upset, he just responded just, like, just exactly like you would, you would think he should. That's an example of a wise man. That's an example of a wise man. But it was a good example of being pliable and moldable and being open to a situation that could have gone much worse. It could have ended in a fistfight. Frankly, it could have ended in a headline where one guy shot another guy. That's how these things often end up. But because of his wise response, his pliable, his open, his willingness to deal with the situation, totally diffused it, totally diffused the situation. For us, this wisdom uh, to God requires, or this wisdom from God requires just three things, three things that I've come up with. Number one, it requires a reverence for God. We've got to believe that God has the answers, that God is the one calling the shots. It, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Number two, it requires a reflex of humility. Just absolutely, 100%, we respond immediately with humility rather than with pride or defiance or frustration or, or being upset. Um, and number three, it involves a realistic perspective. Uh, there's a proverb in 20, Proverbs 26, 12. I don't have it on the screen, but it's so good. It says, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? It says he's a special kind of fool. He's like a super fool. He's like an extra fool because he thinks he's got it figured out. We've all run into people like that. Frankly, we've probably all been people like that. So let me ask you this. Uh, four questions by way of a challenge as we think about foolishness and wisdom this week. I think we need to kind of assess where we are on this scale. So four questions. Number one, how do I react when God uses people to point out my mistakes, my flaws, or my weaknesses? How do I react? Am I open, willing to hear them, willing to assess as to whether or not this is actually true, this is real, or just like immediately forget you, who are you to tell me, who do you think you are, that's not me. Number two is, this is so important. Do I let myself be accountable to spiritual influence and authority? Do I let myself be accountable to spiritual influence and authority? Do I have people in my life that are going to say, look, you are being foolish here. Most of us don't do that. We don't even allow somebody to have this sort of relationship in our lives. Um, 
frankly, this is one of the frustrations I think that we have kind of with the way modern churches work, and this is just a little commercial here for church people. If you're not a church people, you can ignore this. But church people, when someone starts to hold us accountable, church people start to get uncomfortable with that, and they go find another church. When somebody starts to say, hey, look, I think your, your life could need some fixing, well, there's just a church down the road where they don't know me yet, and so I'm just going to go down there. I'll, I'll be able to check that church box off without the accountability. Do I let people hold me um, accountable? Number three, who do I listen to when what I want is in conflict with the counsel of godly people in my life? This is so true, especially in the younger years of our lives where what we want is right there for the taking, but our parents, our grandparents, our youth ministers, or our whoever are saying, look, no, 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 that's a bad choice. People have walked down that road before and you should not walk down that road, but I want it so bad. Who do I listen to? Do I listen to myself or do I listen to wise counsel? And, and number four, I think this is important. Do I read the Bible to prove I am already right or to challenge myself to greater Christ-likeness? Do I read the Bible to prove I am already right or to challenge myself to greater Christ-likeness? Yeah, I got in this argument, and I know there's this verse that says exactly what I, what I want it to say, and I'm just going to prove them wrong. Or do I open up the scriptures and allow God to speak to me, to mold me through what he's written here? My challenge for us is, is to think broadly, first of all. We're going to apply wisdom and foolishness on, on smaller scales. But, but today, for this week... I want us to think broadly about wisdom and foolishness and to ask ourselves some tough questions about are we taking that, that direct route toward what we want out of life or are we going the 40 minutes out of the way that doesn't even take us to the destination we really want to go? Are we really the wise who are inheriting honor or are we really that foolish person who just gets only shame? I, I hope we can broadly challenge ourselves to think about that question this week, to think about ourselves in light of the godly influences in our to make sure that we are people who are choosing this, this path of wisdom and, and not, even though we don't want it, even though we don't think we are, even though we don't think that's possible, choosing this path of foolishness. We're going to close out with a word of prayer. I'm going to ask um, one of our elders, Dave Sutherland, to come up and, uh, and pray for us. Um, but these prayers, the, the prayers that he's going to list off and read to us, a lot of these have to do with uh, ways that we can respond to someone. And there's ways that we can respond to these prayers, not just through praying, but in but through other means, through wisdom and finding ways to love and serve people. And there's ways that we can respond foolishly, too. So let's respond with wisdom to what God is calling us to do this week. Dave?